Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together to worship you, Father. We pray now that your word will go forth, that it will not return void, that it will touch the open hearts and minds of your people, Father. And we give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. So it was a, a really dark night, no, no moon to speak of, no stars. It was, it was really dark. And these two guys that worked for the mob were walking through the woods. And they're supposed to be these big, tough guys. And you know, finally, one of them said, to, to, hey, man, I know we're not supposed to be, but I'm kind of scared walking in the woods just dark. And he said, you scared? i got to walk back out in a minute by myself. <clears throat> they're not all tens. It is what it is. All right, so um, <laughs> sometimes it takes a minute to get it. Yeah, he was going to kill the other guy. That's why he was walking out by himself. I love my mama. <clears throat> uh, what we're going to talk about this week is, um, is, is Romans 8. It is, it, is a, it is something that I go to a bunch, and it's something that uh, maybe not you, but I know lots of folks who struggle with it. In fact, I, I've had conversations about it this week a couple of times. And it really kind of ties into who we're listening to last week. This kind of gets into the next step of that. But if you will, turn with me to uh, Romans uh, chapter 8. And this first sentence is like, I, I don't even know how refreshing it is to hear, but I mean, this is like the, the credo of the Christian faith, right? And it, it should be how we approach our everyday life. But Romans 8, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. That Therefore, there is now no condemnation. So what happens is, is that, you know, Satan attacks everybody in different ways. But one of the ways he attacks you is in the battlefield of the mind, right? It is that ongoing, nagging, gnawing, harassing voice that you're not good enough, you're not, you're not old enough, you're not young enough, you're not skinny enough, you're not pretty enough, whatever. That condemnation, you know, you didn't treat your kids right, you should have done better, you could have done better for them, you could have done more for them, you never do enough. Look at old Susie Q over there and how much she does for her kids, and you'll never be enough, right? And I would say up until in like the, the, like the 90s, condemnation was apparent, right? But it was not... Maybe not as prevalent as it is right now, but and then I'm not talking about condemnation like people are coming to find you and condemn you and throw you in jail. I mean, that's what that means, too. I'm talking about the internal condemnation that you have against yourself. See, when that World Wide Web started and all of those funny little icons on your phone started and people started putting pictures and stories and reels and videos and all the stuff on the Internet, you used to just kind of think that you weren't a good enough parent. You used to just kind of think you didn't have a good enough vacation. And now, if you watch, you can prove it on the radio. Oh, they're in the Bahamas. Oh, they're in the Dominican. Oh, they took their kids to Europe. Oh, they went on a cruise again this year. Oh, that's their second time at the beach, right? I mean, I know y'all don't think about that, right? When you're flipping through, I'm sure you don't think about it. You don't think I'm not a good enough parent. Or maybe if you're a kid, you're going, oh, man, I wish my parents were this cool because, I mean, this is the third vacation this year. Well, see, that condemnation comes against you and attacks you and belittles you. And what happens is it starts to deteriorate you on the inside, right? It starts to steal your joy. It starts to steal your compassion. And instead of being a bright light for the world to see as a good Christian, you really become sour 
and melancholy and nothing, and you can't get happy. And I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. The problem is, is what you're looking at is not real. It's imaginary. Now, they might actually be on the beach somewhere, and they might actually be smiling at the second that the camera took the picture, but they were not all smiling before the picture was taken, and I'm sure they fussed after the picture was taken. I'm just going off the six, 15 kids, 15? The 15 people that is in Mama's beach pictures, right? That smiling group that's on the beach that all dress somewhat in some kind of color, that's not a happy occasion. That is the worst day of vacation. The worst hour of vacation is the pre- during and after the family picture. And I don't know if y'all noticed or not, but we are actually ransomed into that picture. Because there's a rule. If you're not in the family picture, you don't get Christmas. If you don't take a picture at the beach, that the rule? If you don't take the picture at the beach, you don't get Christmas. And if you looked at it from the outside looking in, we look like 15 really happy people for the most part, minus Philip. And I mean, you know, we, we're sort of kind of smiling, right? We're doing our best. I mean, I'm not a good smiler. And I mean, you know, it looks like it is a fantastic time. Now, it is. We have a wonderful beach vacation. We do great. But that day, in those couple of hours, is the worst time of the whole entire trip. I would rather tote stuff up and down and out of the house two or three times versus take pictures on the beach. But when you look at the pictures, you try to compare yourself to some highlight reel of somebody else living and condemnation comes in. Or you see, you know, you know, their kids go into this school or they bought this new car or they look, they bought a new house, right? And, and what happens is, is, is that little green monster called jealousy comes and envy comes up on the inside of us and then it starts to condemn us and tear us down. Well, as Christians, we shouldn't live in condemnation. The other thing that it does is, condemnation, is it brings up every time, every time you feel like you're doing good, you're reading your Bible, you come to church a couple Sundays in a row, and then you slip up and you say a bad word, or you do something you wasn't supposed to do, and the devil will bring to your attention, you were never a Christian anyway. You ain't near good enough to be a Christian. I know all the things you did before you got here. I know what you did when you were a teenager. I know what you did last week. I know what you do when nobody's looking. See, that, that's how he attacks you. He's telling you you're not good enough to convince you that you're not good enough. He can't attack your salvation. He wants you to tear down your salvation. He wants you to tear down your promises in God. Well, don't look like God's supplying all of your needs. You ain't a very good Christian. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. You're not a very good Christian. How much money did you give to the little needy children? You're not a very good Christian. See, condemnation comes in different forms from different people. But it's an attack of the devil. And his main goal, we, we heard last week in John 10 and 10, that the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Now, Think about this for just a second. Have you ever seen a house that was destroyed? I mean, you could see it destroyed, right? Tornado, destroy a house. Hurricane Hugo, destroy a house. Fire, destroy a house. You could see that happening, right? How about termites? Does termites destroy a house? Yes. Can you see it happening? No. Does it happen overnight? No. It just slowly eats away slowly attacks slowly constant never ending over and over see satan's not 
attacking most of y'all with hurricanes and tornadoes and fires. He's attacking us with termites. That slow, gnawing condemnation. That slow, you'll never be good enough. You'll never be quiet enough. Or you better hope you're going to heaven. You just might not make it. What happens if you commit a sin and then get hit by the train? You go into hell. People, people teach it. People teach it. My kids have got a kid that's bombarding them. You better repent every day or you go into hell. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He came and became a substitute for us. Not only that, it says, what can separate us from the love of God? Not height, nor depth, nor anything. Nothing. But that slow termite attack, that ongoing, gnawing, harassing, right? And some of y'all might have lots of termites, so it might be constant. Some of y'all might have one or two. And you only think about it when... And I'm going to tell you, going to church is the easiest habit there is on the planet to break. You can go to church your whole life, miss two or three Sundays, and boy, it feels awful easy. It is not a hard habit to break. I would bet you that the condemnation is not near as loud when you're not coming to church, when you're not reading your Bible, when you're not striving to be a good Christian, when you're not working in God's kingdom, than it is when you're not. When, when you are versus when you're not. Because when you are striving to do good, when you are striving to be a better Christian, when you are reading your Bible, when you are meditating on God's Word, when you are renewing your mind, when you are tithing and doing what you're supposed to do and, and, and trying to be a giver and trying to be an encourager and trying to be a leader in the Christian community, that condemnation comes fast. If you hanging out and doing whatever else and have no intent of praising God or, or telling anybody the good news... That condemnation squelches right on down. See, that's the problem, right? You only see resistance when something happens. When you're trying to do, that's when we see the most resistance. But if you go to the gym and you want to grow your muscles, what do you need? Resistance, right? If you go there and lay on the bench and don't lift nothing, just do your arms up and down, and you don't build very much muscles. You put 100 pounds on there, you can you grow more muscles, 200 pounds, 300 pounds, whatever. So the more resistance you have, it gives you more opportunity to grow, right? The more condemnation that you're facing, that means you're growing. That means you're excelling. But what happens is, is we can't take that condemnation to heart. See, that doesn't mean you're not going to be attacked. It's going to come. The attack is going to come. The no condemnation is, is the guilt that goes with it. It's, it's how you react. It's how you think of yourself. It's what's your opinion of you. Because your opinion of you is pretty high, right? Because if you have that opinion that I'll never be good enough, I'm never going to be a good enough Christian, I never can excel, I never can preach the gospel, I never can be a witness to the community, I can never do anything good, you're exactly right. But if you strive that you're going to be a good Christian, that you're going to, and, and, and the word good Christian, that's that, that, that's terrible uh, example. A Christian, there is no good or bad. Christian, I want to be a Christian. I want God to see, I want people to see God in me. I want them to be able to see me in the world and say, I want what he's got. When we 
make up our mind that we're going to serve God no matter what, that no condemnation comes in heavy because the enemy is going to bring this to you, right? He's like UPS. Granddaddy used to say that, right? He's going to bring it back, and all you got to do is sign for it. He's going to bring that condemnation back. And if we meditate on it and, and, and we take it, we start beating ourselves up and tearing ourselves down. Sorry, so turn with me. I guess I need to open my book. Um, I think I was going to skip one. just y'all right i mean it's not hot in here it's just me right probably um see turn with me to second corinthians oh no i bent it up second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 therefore if anyone is in christ there a new creation has come and the old has gone the new is here and all this from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. So when we, when we think about all the things that we used to do, Joseph Prince has the best example of... Um, forgiveness of sins I've ever heard and he told a story about a little boy who had a rock and it was his favorite rock I don't know I mean I don't know if we still have favorite rocks anymore they have iPads or whatever but he the little boy had a favorite rock and every time he went to the river he'd, he'd, he'd hide the rock in the mud and he would take the rock and he would wash the mud off to where he could play with his rock and then he would hide it back in the mud and then one day he come to the realization that if he just left the rock in the water that as the river ran over it, it continuously kept it clean. There was no dirt to clean off the next time, right? So what we think about with sin is that we go out and get dirty and we have sin all over us and then we got to go to God and get it washed off again and then we get dirty again and then we go back to God. But the truth is, is that when you're in Christ, that water continuously washes over you. That he forgave my sins yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That that continuous flow of grace is moving past us. Right? That we have been redeemed from the curse. That we are a new creation. We are reconciled through Christ. And his forgiveness flows to us through grace. Right? It's not anything that we did. Right? The Bible says that salvation is not anything, no works. Unless somebody should brag about it. To say, hey, look at me. I'm saved because I did. The only corresponding action there is to be saved is to accept Jesus as your personal Savior. And when you do that, your sins have been forgiven. I think they say as far as the east is from the west, which seems like a pretty far away place. So when we become a new creation, we, we should act like it. <clears throat> I'm going to try to do this without... We, uh, we moved Caroline and Savannah in the, into their dorm room yesterday. <clears throat> and it was, uh, it was pretty, um, it was actually pretty painless. I was expecting a lot more pain than it actually endured. But all of a sudden, you know, they're not high school kids anymore. That transition has happened. They're now college kids. Well, not until like Wednesday. But I mean, you know, it's coming, right? I mean, we have some kids in here this week, right? Keller, Keller and Bryson went from the, the middle school to the high school. Tracy went to the high school too, right? That transition happens. Now, what would it take for them to go back to middle school? 
Now, for, for Savannah to go back to high school, all, what I have to, all I'd have to say is, yes, you can go back to high school, and Savannah would revert right back to high school. But, but they've come and become a new creation, right? They're all of a sudden a high school kid where they were a middle school kid, or they're a college kid or where they were a high school kid. But you can't revert back. So when we become a new creation in Christ, what we think is, okay, I got saved, and I'm a Christian. Now, if you mess up, does that make you not a Christian? No. We, we still a new creation. This has been bought back, brand new, without spot or blemish. Why? Because Jesus' blood was paid for me. Even if I fall down, even if I get dirty, even if I do something I'm not supposed to do, I still look like the holy, blameless Lamb of God when I stand in front of God's throne. Why? Because of something that I've done? No. It's not got anything to do with me. It's all because of Jesus. When you transition into becoming a Christian, when you change into that new creation, it has been set forward. And there's no going back. No matter how much they want, they can't go back to middle school. They can't go back to high school. Most of y'all can't go back to high school, right? And, and, and that ship has sailed. Some of y'all has sailed and it's on fire and sinking. I mean, you're way away from high school. You've been out of high school longer than you was in high school, right? But when you transition, when that time changes, right? You don't consider yourself that anymore. You don't consider yourself a middle schooler anymore, do you? No, I'm past that, boy. I'm in high school. I'm a high schooler, right? When that transition happens, right, in, in the real world, we see that pretty easily. We see that transition happen to go from daycare to preschool to school to middle school to high school to college to the real world. Now, that college to real world line, that is a blurry line. That is a hard one for them to cross sometimes. But we see the transition in real life, right? I mean, even some of y'all seen that transition. To, I'm not working anymore. I'm retired. Now y'all got all the free time in the world, right? All them retired folks, they got so much free time. But the transition is real. But when we become Christians... And we become a new creation in Christ that we've been set free. Jesus said who the Son has set free is free indeed. Right? That, that we have been, we, we were condemned. Let, let, let's read that. I, I know you have heard it, but let, let, let's look at it in, in this light. Um, John, the, the Gospel according to John, chapter 3. Um, and I'm just going to read the whole thing. Verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. And whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. See that condemnation, that, 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 that's some serious condemnation in John 3, right? That, that is talking about where are you going to live in past retirement, like that next stage past retirement. Where are you going then, right? 
mean, because you, 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 you go to a school and then you become that school, right? Well, Kaylee is a boykin this week, right? She, she, she's going to Fox Bank. She's a boykin. Cavalier and a stag or two and a pacer back there or two, right? You, you, you become who you, you are, right? But what this condemnation is in John 3, this is talking about where you're going forever. But you stand condemned already because you haven't believed in God. But when you accept Jesus, there is no more condemnation. It has been re removed. You're bought back. You're paid for in full. Now see, that's when it's real tricky. Because people will agree that once you become saved, that you're saved, right? And as long as you behave and act like you're supposed to and do what you're supposed to, you can stay saved. But if you backslide and, and you don't do right, then you don't get to be that anymore. So if you make a bad grade in high school, did he put you back in middle school? If you make a bad grade in college, did he put you back in the... Now, I guess if you make bad decisions in retirement, they can't put you back to work. That is something you can go backwards on that one. But in general, when you transition from one to the other, there is no going back. You don't go, there is no going back. So once we are saved, we are saved, that nothing will separate us from the love of God, that we are set free from that condemnation. Once we are set free from that condemnation, we are a new creature. We look like Jesus. Praise God, it ain't got nothing to do with me. Now, as, we, as long as we're on this planet, it is our goal as Christians to be the hands and feet of Christ. It is to be the light of the world. It is to preach the gospel from the four corners. It is to lay hands on the sick and have them healed. It is to cast out demons. That is our job. And some of us are better at it than others. Does that make you less of a Christian? Does that change your retirement plan? No. There is nobody in here that's more of a Christian than anybody else. <laughs> See, that's what makes Christianity so awesome. That God so loved the world that he sent his son to die for the sins of the world. Because if it was some other way, if you had to do some other way, right? The Bible says that if, that if you're under the law, you have to live by every part of the law. Every part of the law. And if you break one part of the law, you're guilty of the whole law. Anybody want to go take that deal? I don't want that deal. I might not make it till dark without breaking part of the law. In fact, I'm certain with the travel requirements, I won't make it till dark in, under the old law. I promise I won't. But under the new covenant, under the new deal, when we become not condemned anymore, that that condemnation that comes against us. So what happens? So you're saying I'm not condemned. Right, I'm saying you're not condemned. So quit acting like that. You're not a middle schooler anymore. Quit acting like it. You're not a high school kid anymore. Quit acting like it. Most of y'all ain't employed anymore. Quit acting like it. No. <laughs> um, you make personal choices on a daily basis that are tied to what you think is your conscience, but it's condemnation coming from the enemy. Now, now listen to that for just a second, right? You think because I feel bad for this or because I've done this or because I deserve this, right? Well, I know God wants to bless me, but I, I, I said some bad words, so he, he's, he's probably going to punish me. 
I know I'm supposed to, supposed to be the light of the world, but how, how am I going to be an example? Because, I mean, you know, that one time I, I, I said something I wasn't supposed to say, or I did this, or I did that, or I was drunk, or I was crazy, or I, I misbehaved. Well, I, I can't be one of them. God don't want me. God wanted all of them. He sent his son into the world for all of them, A-L-L-L, all of the human race. And they stand condemned because they've not accepted the gift. We stand under no condemnation because we've accepted the gift. So act like it. Act like you're the light of the world. Act like you're the hands and feet of Christ. Not because it's going to make you a better Christian. It's because we ought to want to. If somebody gives you such a great gift, don't you want to? Don't you want to help? If somebody came to you and said, hey, you know what? I love you so much. I'm going to take all of your problems from you. I'm going to redeem you from the curse of the law. I'm going to set you free from hell. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to give you all of this stuff. And I would really like you to you know, love one another. That would be good for, you know, if it's my opinion, I, I think you should love one another. I ain't loving them. I mean, that, do you understand? Do you understand that we took the love that we didn't deserve and we were asked to love one another? And you'll know that they're my people because they love one another. And how silly we look when we don't love one another. Or how silly we look when we act like that we still lost I'm not talking about whether you sin or not. You're going to sin. Everybody in here is going to sin. That's just life. I'm talking about acting like we are not still under condemnation. We don't still belong to the law. We are still not under the curse. We have been set free from the curse. We have been redeemed from that. <clears throat> I got an award not so long ago uh, in Lee County. I was, I was driving on I-20 and, and, and got off of I-20 and, and was driving um, like I was still on I-20 and I was not still on I-20. And it was, it was, it was a pretty good award. It was um, me, Riley and I were coming home from a softball tournament and it was like 66 and a 45. That's, that's a good award. Yeah. Um, and, and praise God, I don't still have that award. But you know, when I had that award... It was on the dash, I mean, on the visor in my truck. And every time I passed a cop, I flinched because I'm like, oh, God, I, I got a ticket. I got a ticket. It was a condemnation riding around. And I rode it around right there where I could see it, constantly reminding me, you got a ticket. Because if you get two tickets, it's bad. One ticket's bad. Two tickets is bad. Three, four, five, I don't know. I never got past one. But that one ticket... I rode around for six weeks, constantly reminding me that I messed up, constantly reminding me that I fell short or too fast. How many of y'all are riding around with sins from last week that's tucked in your um, sun visor in your truck, thinking about the time that you fell short, thinking about the time you didn't do what you were supposed to do, or you didn't show up when somebody needed help? I mean, think about it now. One, one speeding ticket. 46 years old, I pay for all my own stuff. I'm not concerned. I rode it around for six weeks. It was like a millstone. In my, every time I got in my truck, I looked at it. 
It bothered me bad. And then I started thinking, it is what it is. And, and I had a friend. So, I mean, that also helped with, with it. You know, I mean, it, it worked itself out. But, but how many of y'all are riding around with that stuff tucked in your visor? Or on the inside of your glasses? Like every time you get dressed in the morning? Or every time you ride by a certain place? Every time you think about a certain topic, that old sin comes back up. I mean, let's be real. It, it, it's, it's tough. Every time I want to go witness to people, right? I think about all the times that I have fallen short. It, it would take a long time to think about all the times I've fallen short. I've just got some highlights that are really good highlights. You know, some really bad things that, that didn't work out so well. Quit toting them around with you. Quit sticking them in the visor where you can see it every time you get in the truck. Jesus come to take that away. We have been redeemed from all of that. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And look, <clears throat> i got to wrap up. I went to a banquet one time, and it was for folks who had struggled with drug and alcohol abuse. And one of the guys spoke was a, a, a former um, person who had been in the program. And it was, a, it was a fundraiser, but it was a, it's a Christian organization, and, and they, they do a good job. They do a fantastic job. And he said, if you're not an addict, you can't talk to an addict. You don't understand. You don't understand what they've been through. You don't know how they think. You don't know what they see. You don't know what they're willing to do. You can't do it. And he said, I'm not saying you can't be a good witness to them. You can. But if you really want to get down to it, you can't talk to an addict unless you're an addict or have been an addict. So you pick whatever part you got that you think you fall short in and witness to people. Because there might be somebody who has exactly what you had, who's looking for Jesus, who has the same shortcomings that you used to have, who's looking for Jesus, who has the same problems going up that you used to have, who's looking for Jesus. You don't know how valuable your testimony is. And when we walk around being condemned and beat down and harassed and you believe it and you believe the lie that you'll never be nothing, you'll never be good enough, you'll never earn what it, you're right. You're absolutely right. You can't earn this. This is a gift of grace from God. But your testimony will touch people that mine won't. You have a testimony. Everybody in the building, everybody watching on the internet and the TV, you have a testimony that nobody else has. It's valuable. It's valuable. But if you walk around condemned, if you walk around beaten down, if you walk around thinking, I'll never, I can never be anything God can use, you think about all the people that God used in the Bible. Oh, man. There are stutterers and thieves and murderers and all kinds of stuff that God used for good, right? You think about the condemnation that they faced. Your testimony is valuable. And look, if it's one person, if you save one soul, if you reach one person, isn't that worth it? Because if you want to think about it, think about if the person who helped you get saved, wasn't willing to help one person. And you were still stuck. 
Think about what it would have took for you to still be where you were. See, that's where condemnation really is. But our goal is to be set free from that condemnation, to be a working mouthpiece for the body of Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for your word. Father, we thank you that we are no longer under condemnation, that we have been set free. We thank you for your grace and your love and your kindness. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.